0: Why is there no top quality Australian product readily available for everybody, and why isn't it in every bloody store so that people who need it and want it can get it? Exactly. And that was the that was the catalyst. That was the ignition that said, "Right, let's do this." That was the ignition
1: that said, "Right, let's do this." G'day, mates. Welcome back to another episode of the Five Eight Take Australia's podcast. Today we have a special guest by the name of Matt Blackham. He is the owner and founder of Ancestral Nutrition. Ancestral is a small Australia-owned and operated company with a very big mission. Help their customer live the best lives. This includes increasing your vitality, strength, resilience and happiness through a foundational ingredient which is beef liver. You've all heard me ramble on about a meat-based diet. This is why I was extremely excited to have Matt on and to understand a bit more about organ eating and how our ancestors used to enable this diet to live healthy lives. You see pictures of beaches back in the day, which I brought up in this episode. Everyone looked fit. You see beaches today. It's just obese people a lot of the times. Now, why is this? Diet, it all comes down with what we're intaking into our bodies. In this episode, you'll begin to have a better understanding of his past, his family, his belief in where the business is headed, why beef liver is good for you, advice for small business owners, and much, much more. I'll also take the time here to say that you can click the link below, head over to ancestralnutrition.com.au and use the discount code DIOGO10, D-I-O-G-O, the number 10, and get yourself some discounts off your purchase. We'll also be stocking, possibly two of their major items in our shop, uh, the 58 takeshop so if you go over there in future, we will have that it there. But for now, just head over to ancestralnutrition.com.au. You can also purchase these shirts, um, brand new drop on the58take.shop. And whilst we're here, this episode is brought to you by loanoptions.ai, our brothers in arm. Loan Option is the first artificial marketplace for personal, business and car loans. Their AI tool plugs into all the major lenders across Australia. The difference is that they don't just palm you off, they'll assist you all the way through to get the loan you'd like. Whether it's car loans, personal loans, business loans, equipment loans, caravan loans, motorcycle loans, marine loans. Or you want to get yourself a boob job, you can do that too. You can do that too. You just go onto their platform, loanoptions.ai58. And it's a fantastic team. They've supported us for a long time. So definitely we support them, loanoptions.ai. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. You're listening to The 5-8 Take, Australia's podcast. Eat liver, gain knowledge, and always, tan your balls.
0: We're sort of just opening up or starting our new manufacturing facility. So as you can imagine, there's a whole heap of uh, little things that can go uh, for you and against you when you're doing stuff like that. So teeing all that up and getting everything to run smoothly, just uh, it's a bit of fun but yeah we're getting there we're with lights at the end of the tunnel so we're just about to press the go button on all that
1: yeah so and i want to i want to get into the production how you how you started everything cuz when i came yeah. across across the business i was um i was like thank god an aussie's doing this yeah. <laughs> cuz um i was a little a little bit um with me so i do brazilian jiu jitsu um actually this comp ADCC which is a it's a it's quite a nice competition in uh, in grappling. Um, I was thankful enough that I won it that day. It was just my day. Um, when I was doing that, I, yeah, I was on a strict carnivore diet. I've changed from that. I've moved a bit um, into fruits, honey, and um, a fat-based meat diet, um, yeah. which is – yeah. It's helped me a lot. I was, I, I did a little vegan stunt, um, for a little while there, but, uh, yeah, it just didn't work for me, mate. Like I was just sloppy in the sparring. I was, it was just, yeah, I was just a bit all over the place. And when I m- switched that diet, uh, like it, it wasn't like it was the matrix, but it just everything seemed a lot fresh i was able in scrambles i was able to get to positions really quickly um and i was the clarity just was amazing during role so i just kept going on that and then i found um paul uh saladino and then i was i was uh going back and forth with him uh regarding heart and soil he's going to be on a podcast soon it was meant to be last month he changed and i changed and but he'll be on soon so when i came across that i was looking to import his product in, so yep. when I came across yours, I was like Australian-based beauty. How'd you come? How did you get started? And like, what was the process of just the creation of of you know not only just the brand but the sourcing of the product as well?
0: Yeah, well, it's probably it's it's two stage. So stage one is like, and, and I suppose it's for everybody, right? It's at what point do you go from not even being Aware that a product like a you know beef organs what it does for you and how good it is for you, through to right I want to make this stuff. Um, so step one was obviously becoming you know aware of why we needed to do it in the first place. So mm. that came about for me personally because uh, initially my wife was having a few hormonal um, issues, and so she got a test, a blood test done that showed that she had uh, a mutation in a MTHFR gene which, you know, it's nothing serious as such, but what it is, it means that your body has a diminished ability to use its B vitamins properly. And so you can have a lot of, you know, B vitamins, you know, available in your blood, but how your body then goes about using them is a different story. And so for my wife, that would have been, you know, maybe from what I understand, about a 25 to 30% reduction in capacity, Mm -hmm. but the the flow-on effect for her was that the processes that are, you know, downstream of that that got interrupted related to hormones. And so that's where, you know, once they sort of went out of balance and you then have mood swings and other issues related to that sort of stuff. So that was sort of the the initial, um, you know, why are we even looking at that? And from that point, it didn't really, even that didn't really kind of wake me up to the whole process. Um, it took another, you know, 6 to 12 months after that before, you uh, I ended up getting the kids tested because I wanted to see if they had the same thing.
1: Mm.
0: And as it turns out, not only have the kids got it, um, I happen to have the same one as, as my wife. Uh, right. And the version of it that we passed on to the kids uh, is a little bit more aggressive. So their diminished ability to use B vitamins was, is more like sort of 60% plus. And so, you know, we found that out, especially through my daughter, who at the time should have been about seven or eight, I think. Mm -hmm. And she was having real major energy issues. Um, You know, the most notable was when she was playing tennis and she would be blitzing all the boys on the court. Mm -hmm. And then she'd just get to a point where she'd come over to me and she'd say, Dad, I've got nothing left. I need to go to bed. And she wouldn't win another point for the rest of the game. And so we started to go, "Okay, there's something to look at here. So that was kind of the starting point of why we need to look at it. And so, uh, the. And and was that
1: a development, Matt? Like, was this something that um, your wife was born with and you were born with and you guys found out at a later stage? Or is this an incremental development via diet? Or did the doctor say anything regarding that?
0: So um the research that I've done and, and through the, the naturopath and the doctor is that it's a it's genetic, so you're born with it. Um okay. usually obviously that means that one of your parents has got it. Um from, from the information that I was given by the doctor at the time, that probably in Australia about 50% of the population uh would have the mutation. But whether or not they have any diminished, you know, B vitamin capacity yeah. is another story because obviously, you know, that presents uh, based on you know the environment and their lifestyle and, and and lots of other things so um but yeah it's it's something that you're born with and um in the case of my wife if she traces back through her teenage years you know she probably thinks oh well imagine if i had been able to address that earlier how would my life have been different so that's probably the, the way that we've viewed it um, but the the standard response once you get um that you know you find out you've got that uh, mutation is they put you on a what's called an activated B vitamins. So they're sort of plant-based, synthetic-based B vitamins, which at the time did the trick, you know, for my wife, instantly the energy changed and at the same time, you know, really helped to smooth out the hormonal issues she was having. So it was a real game changer for her. And even as soon as the other, recently as the other day, she said, you know, that was a changing point in her life where things started to be able to get better for her. So whilst it may sound my, you know a minor thing and it and it is in the big scheme of things um it does have a in my wife's case a decent effect for me i also found out at the same time that i had um uh the uh celiac issues so again i had the the, the genetic uh, disposition for celiac disease, but I didn't actually, have celiac disease, but it did uh, make me aware that if I cut gluten out how much of a different life I'd have. And and that for me, probably the biggest game changer, that the pre and post gluten uh, lifestyle is, is just poles apart, you know, that clarity, the, the mental fog lifts and things like that. So, so that was the, you know, the real beginning of it. And then the real catalyst for me to go further was, um, I'd read this book, uh, which I've got here because I, was, I just wanted to sort of reference it as being a real um, game changer for me, which yeah. is it's called um, Eating Ourselves Sick. Okay. And what that book is is it's a, a, a kind of an intro guide into where the whole food system and the pharmaceutical system has just gone wrong, and it then just delves into all the issues. And for me, that was that kind of, that was the awakening moment for me when it comes to, how that big pharma food complex system works, yeah. and then everything that comes downstream it. So obviously, you know, all the other topics that we could be talking about in relation to uh, corporations, yeah. um, it relates, you know, this is this is almost that the root cause of it, if you like. It's, it comes back to their kind of hijacking of the food system. And so from there, I, I started to ask the question, why can't I get what I need from food? You know, why have I got to go and buy this synthetic plant-based um activated B vitamin. It just sounded crazy. And I I asked doctors, I asked a naturopath, nobody could give me an answer. And for me, it wasn't until uh, one of my business partners uh, introduced me to Paul Saladino's podcast early on. And the very first podcast that uh, I listened to was him talking about the MTHFR gene mutation because he has the same mutation. And he said, it's easy. All it is, it's a riboflavin deficiency. And you get all of that naturally from egg yolks and beef liver. And that was it. That was my switch. I went right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm all in on the on the carnivore side of things, and I'll also, you know, get into the liver. So I started that journey of looking for liver in Australia, and you know, based in Byron Bay at the time, I checked every shop within 50 kilometers of where I lived. Not only had did people not stock it, they'd never heard of it, thought it was the craziest thing in the world that you would be even eating it, and so I ended up having to buy um, another branded product that came in from South America mm-hmm. and, you know, that was my introduction to organs. And, you know, fast forward sort of 6 to 12 months after that, uh, you know, I was sitting around with my business partners. We were literally sitting in the sun and we went, why is there no top quality Australian product readily available for everybody and why isn't it in every bloody store so that people who need it and want it can get it? Exactly. That was the That was the catalyst. That was the ignition that said, right, let's do this.
1: And did you eat any organs prior to that, like in your in your search? Because I've found that too. Um, here, a lot of butchers just aren't stocking it, and then they say that you can you can order it, and then you put an order in to to get it, and then you go back the following week, and they're like, oh, we just don't have it. So it just yeah. seems like it's something that they're saying. So I've I've had to source particular. Um, farm-based butchers to actually get any beef liver from them. I, I heard there's a regulation actually regarding that, regarding butchers just selling beef liver in general. But was organ something that you you touch base on beforehand, or was it when you found this out? You're like, all right, I need to, I need to try some organs.
0: Yeah. No. Look, not at all. Um, you know, and and I think that one of the biggest messages that we try to portray is, you know, you go back one generation. You know, most of our parents. And I would say all of our grandparents grew up eating organs. They lived on the farm. They had home-cooked meals. Um, they had good fat. They had heaps of butter, yeah. lamb chops, you name it, right? They had it all. The the amount of stories that we hear from older people around what they did eat as a kid, you know, they talk about the lamb's fry and the brains and the, you know, listening to these, I'd say, people, you know, 60 and above um, re- reminisce about, what they and their parents had when they were kids is mind-blowing because they were eating the way we're meant to be eating. And um, I'm sure you're aware with, with some of your research already that, you know, you go back to, you know, the 40s and 50s, you know, obesity wasn't really a thing. I mean, yes, there were obese people, but it's not a thing. All of the chronic disease that we have, it's nowhere near what we have now. In fact, it was, you know, it was rare to have those things. And, you know, the introduction of seed oil and processed foods has slowly deteriorated everybody's health, that chronic disease and a chronic condition is now normal. Yeah. Um, and the simple idea of just looking back, even one or two generations for the answer, um, it's bizarre that it's that simple, but it really is. It is, it is weird,
1: to, like, the shift that has happened in Western culture. And, you know, we, we're fed a lot of muscle meat, and we sort of discard of all the organs. Like for me, I'm Brazilian, so chicken hearts is just it's just not natural in our diet. Like that's yeah. If if we um, and it's, it's all this this sharing as well, which is uh, missing uh, at the minute. Uh, so when you were sourcing, why Tasmania? Uh, why that beef specifically?
0: Why that beef specifically? Um, tassie is definitely like it has a reputation for being clean and green yeah Um, and for us that meant that you know we could one we can rely on it knowing that we're getting a good quality clean product you know if it's coming from mainland potentially you could have to look further into whether or not you know the claims are are what they are Mm. but you know tassie effectively uh, has you know all grass-fed finished beef right the feedlot's Aren't down there, so there's a there's an element of getting a higher quality meat. You got the clean fresh air, all those things combined. So that was the reason that we initially you know wanted to go to Tassie, and the ceiling of the deal was that you know one of our uh, part of the processing facilities was down there. So it made sense to to tie the two together. So uh, that's our you know our main reason. We wanted to make sure we had the good quality product. And you know, there's no doubt that the the Tassie product is good quality, and so that's what we ran with.
1: And the the processing plant is that the new one is that going to be the, over there as well, or is that?
0: No, no. So the, the that's the freeze drying we're talking about. So that's yeah. the part that happens down in Tassie, and uh, and the uh, the other part of the facility will be process the the capsuling part is the part that'll be happening up here.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's um it's native man, and um uh, yeah. Uh, like hats off to you for starting it it's it is a it's a tough endeavor to start when did you guys start especially was it was it during the lock it downs or was it prior or Um, when did you guys um yeah conceptualize the idea and bring it to market
0: it's about 18 months ago yeah we launched during covid um you know and it's been going gangbusters and you know i suppose it's easy for maybe for a supplement brand to or you know a brand that can be perceived as a supplement even though it's a food to do well during a health crisis because people are looking for for something to boost their immune system boost their health yeah, true, so yeah. so perhaps that might have actually been a blessing in disguise that you know put more people were receptive because they were looking for something for you know immune boosting and energy boosting and the like but no we as I said launched during COVID, and it's been you know it's been going great and we've we think that the biggest reason for our success is that we're really trying to keep it simple we're not trying to You know, there's no smokes and mirrors. It's not snake oil. We're just selling a simple food product that that in all reality, if we ate like our grandparents did, we don't have a product to sell. You know, it's that simple. What we're selling is the convenience of being able to have that low regular dose of something that gives you the most nutrition you can get from anything in the world um, and give you a base for you to then build off. Now, you know, some people still might want to choose to be uh, obviously not vegan, but vegetarian or, or limit their meat consumption, but use this as a as a foundation source of their uh, vitamins and minerals. Or it might be somebody at the other end of the spectrum, you know, full carnivore. So you know, anywhere in between, this product can help out because it just gives you that baseline nutrition value. Um, and as I said, you know, I, I truly believe that if we did eat the way that our grandparents did, there's nothing to sell here. It's it's that simple.
1: Yeah, because you look at some of those uh, some of those images back in the day of um, people just at the beach, and they all seem so healthy. And then you, you look at people at the beach these days; they're just quite obese. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's clear it's clear that it's 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 got a lot to do with diet. I um I had uh, Doctor Peter Dingle on. He's uh, Australia's number one gut health specialist when it comes. To, um, to speaking is one of uh, the biggest speakers, and he he continuously goes back to gut health and um, the he discusses the health industry uh, versus the the pharmaceutical industry. That's that's not really assisting in um, in in people's health. Do you feel the same? Do you feel like we've been a bit let down by um, pharmaceuticals and and the diets that's pushed upon people?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I would go further than that. I wouldn't say it's a letdown. I would say that, you know, through vested interest, we've been actively forced into a cycle of poor nutrition that leads to poor health outcomes that feeds you into pharmaceutical system or a medical system that's designed, or if you go to the medical system, it's designed to, you know, prescribe you something that will treat your symptom. You then get into the pharmaceutical system. You take their product that's designed to try and treat that system uh, symptom, and at the end of the day, you don't really treat the root cause of the problem. And so you then go back home and you start the process again, and you keep going around in circles. Poor poor nutrition to poor health, poor medical care into the pharmaceutical system, and going around. My view is that you know the vested interests of those you know big food, big pharma, et cetera, is that. That's how they make their money. And there's no, there is no reason for that to change. So, you know, we you and I sit here and we can quite clearly see what's happening. And there are many others around the world. And, and the likes of you know, Paul Saladino and um, Sean Baker. And, you know, I look, there's a there's a particular blog that I follow. I don't know who's behind it. It's called The Root Cause MD, who really well articulates this, this cycle. And uh it's clear to those who want to see it. And I, I suppose it's no different to what any of those other topics that we, as I said, we could be discussing if we really wanted to, where if you want to see what the truth is, it's there to be seen. But if you're not prepared and you want to just close your eyes and keep living a life where you, you don't want to address those hard truths, then you can take that option as well. So that's where I, I, I firmly believe we're at. I, I don't believe there's any kind of, you know, it's, it's not a uh, unintentional consequence. I believe we're, we're stuck in this system.
1: And when, he, when it comes to um, like thiamine and um, B1 and other um, vitamin B intakes, when it comes to vitamin D, you're supposed to have, you know, moderate um, fat intake when you're taking those capsules to get the best out of them. Does it come the same when it comes to vitamin B? Are you supposed to take it, um, you know, what with a meal that's high fat base or can you take it without any meal in the morning maybe – you know, in the afternoon. Um, what's the best way to take uh, intake the beef liver to get the best out of it?
0: Look, um, you can eat it on an empty stomach if you like. There's no no issue with that. Um, you know, I do sometimes. Sometimes when I'm doing fasting, my my thing that I have while I'm fasting is just the organs. Um, being fat-soluble vitamins, then obviously having them with something fatty is also handy because it helps them to be absorbed into the fat and then the body can, can use them. So that's always a good thing. Um, as far as like time of day and stuff like that, uh, we always recommend, you know, either take them in the morning or morning and lunch, um, depending on some people's, you know, predisposition to how they react to foods and things. If they have a full dose at night, it might, you know, might give them a little bit too much pep, if you know what I mean, before they go to bed. But, um, yeah, look, that's sort of the way we we look at it is, you know, morning morning and lunch is probably the, the way to go. Um, as I said, you know, for us, it's rather than be, you know, take four capsules and just, you know, have a high. It's not really about that directly. It's about taking four capsules a day over a sustained period so that you're building up that baseline level of nutrition. You've got all the raw ingredients for your body to do the things that it needs to do. And then you then feed on top of that a really good diet that's, you know, high in, you know, ruminant meat, ruminant fats, um isn't it, to me personally, I'm sort of similar to you. I'm not a I went through a stage of being in a really strict carnivore. Um, but I've I'm more than happy to have my, you know, root vegetables cooked in tallow. Um, it's funny, the kids, you know, they uh they secretly tell you they don't want to eat the, the tallow and then you give them chips or something that you homemade cooked in tallow. And I'll tell you what, they're like, Oh, they're the best chips I've ever had. How did you make them? And then when you tell them, Oh, don't tell me that, just just give them to me next time. But uh, you know, it's it's For me, it's that simple and the fruits as well and the honey and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not super strict when it comes to the carnivore side uh, anymore and I think it's a good way to really reset the system. Um, But, you know, whole foods is a really good start. I think anything that's not processed is a really good start. Um, I do avoid all the the greens. Uh, I'm I'm no fan of those. Um, But uh, maybe I had that, you know, inbuilt innate thing from a young age because I remember my parents or my mum, you know, feeding me like a roast chicken dinner and I'd be even at like 10 or 11, right, she'd, she would steam green beans to the point that they were, I'd say, almost grey. And, you know, I'd say, you've got to eat your beans before you go. And I just remember dry reaching at the table. I just did not want to eat those beans so I, 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 it's great now. I feel kind of indicated in my, uh, <laughs> my, my my behavior back then as a kid.
1: I, th- I think that as well uh, sometimes I'm like maybe as, as children we were always right about these uh, um, broccolis and whatnot. because um, yeah, what's, I don't- the,
0: what's the saying uh, kids and pets never lie.
1: Yeah, exactly. So maybe there maybe there was uh, some truth there. Um but yeah, it's um it's the change that is I've seen in in personally in my body. That's that's where I I come from when when I discuss these things. There's I there's still this um I don't know, this uh repulsion when it comes uh to some people regarding this particular topic. Um, whether that's, yeah, that's created or not, um, that's something else. But for example, I, even raw liver was, uh, was something that I ate. So I put up a post um, just having it's something that I do normally, just having some raw liver. And the amount of comments and people that just couldn't believe that was baffling to me. And sure, it's not for everyone, but there's, this, there's still this mentality towards even raw food, um, organs, um, and different diets that uh, to me has personally assisted me. There's still that hold back. Um, why do you think that is?
0: I think it's because, um, you know, it's something that's not just confined to food and especially the organs. I think it's part of the way society uh, operates now and the way that we intake information and the way we decide what's acceptable in, in, in society. And we've just moved to a point where we've separated ourselves from so many things in life that we probably need to be connected to. Now, whether that means, you know, if you take an animal for example you know back in the day not only did you have to hunt it you had to kill it cut it up and do all those things and there was a sacred connection to that that i think meant you viewed your food very differently um and you know you look at some of the i can see it through documentaries where people the way that they honor their food is just is amazing um, when you go back and and speak to current farmers now, they still honour their animals in exactly the same way. But this, through whether it be social, me- social media, whether it be an active uh, campaign on those people we were talking about before to kind of disconnect us from our roots, mm. then the further we get away from that, the further we see things as gross or icky or why would you do that or, or something that helps them form a judgement, um, pushes them into something some virtue signaling kind of behavior Mm. and all of a sudden you've got tribes acting against each other and all of these things are designed to force wedges between us all and you know the moment you put up a post about eating some liver you've identified yourself in a particular way as a particular subset of the community and you know they've readily made somebody who's opposite to that in order to come out and and give you a whack and so I believe that, you know, it's it's one symptom of a much bigger problem that we have as a society. Um, you know, yes, there's nothing wrong with people being different and having different views, but how do we come together and and work together on things? So that's sort of, uh, it's probably a long-winded way to answer it, but I, but oh, I believe it, it lies back at that level. I think there's this really big disconnection from, you know, our, our roots as humans to where we are now.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And... the vegetarian um like I don't I don't knock a lot of diets um I just speak from what's what's helped me um and the vegetarian the vegan diet has it didn't help my body at all when I look at uh India um I see their their lifespan I think is around 46 or 56 and they're a full vegetarian diet and I compare that with Different countries with similar standards of living, but with a more carnival-based diet, and they live a lot longer. So it's it's interesting the the shift that's um, that's been made. And mate, I'm going to hit you with a conspiracy theory, <laughs> 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 just to get your your thoughts on it, especially being in um, the meat industry and the nutric- nutrition industry. Um, there's a there's been discussions for a long time of um, 2050 there's there's this thing called agenda 2050 right and the the thoughts of agenda 2050 is that meat consumption will almost cease to exist. It will be very 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 low percentage um, and there's there's a lot that's happening to push that. At the minute. So, looking at th- those discussions that people have, what are your thoughts when it comes to the industry itself, the decline of meat consumption? Um, we've had a slight rise in organ um, discussion in the last two years, which has been fantastic. It's given us a great boost. Um, but in terms of meat consumption itself, it's been at a decline, um, especially in the Western world. What are your thoughts on that?
0: um look i'm aware of the kind of information that you're talking about and what people are where they're trying to push i mean you've only got to look at those international bodies that are you know it's it's hiding in plain sight right so yeah it's not as if it's a far stretch to to say that they want to you know cut out meat consumption and do those things yeah um for me i you know personally think uh, my, my response is good luck because at some point right whether it's uh, people that are just never going to change, or what, or the people that have, are going along with the agenda items, but unaware of what's really going on, eventually they might, you know, cotton on and, and change their mind. But the the significant health problems caused by not having a meat-based diet or an animal-based diet are getting more and more obvious, and i would just say with the feedback that we get through our customers and people who interact with, with us through social media there's a really common thread uh, and and the best way to put it is an ex-vegan so um it that's, may me. Not, that's me yeah, mate. <laughs> on, on the face of it right it might not seem like uh that there's a lot of people shifting back to the animal based and maybe we operate in an echo chamber like everybody else but mm. there's definitely i have a feeling there's a lot of people that are Uh, you know turning away from you know the vegan and vegetarian lifestyle because they've experienced the health problems that come with it and they're shifting back to an animal-based once people see the importance of an animal-based diet you know that's where I think and I say good luck because there'll be an army of people that will never ever allow that to happen Um, so but in, in saying that there's, I think this is where, you know, as a society, maybe as just people in society, we can we can make a decision. Which, which way are we going to go with this? Are we going to say, right, I see that they're talking about, I don't want it to happen, but I'm not really going to do anything active about it versus what can I do actively to try and make a difference? Now, you know, in your case, you've got a podcast, right? You can get out and reach people and hopefully every day that goes by there's another person that's aware of what's going on, right? So that's a good thing. So that's something that's acting in a way that's, you know, trying to fight that from happening. Um, you know, something that I'm doing personally as an example um, with my family is that there's a collective up here that is uh, pitching in to buy a, a farm through fractional investment. And the idea is that it's going to be run commercially as a farm. Um, it will run animals, um, as well as a market garden and some other bits and pieces uh, where it's providing a, a food security, if you like, for for the owners of the land and for all their friends and family. I love that. Um, now, not everybody's in a position to be able to do something like that. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm very lucky that I can do that. Um, but for me, this is a bit of a pilot program that with this one that's happening. And the idea is that as it's got a, you know, a, a professional farmer running it and it operates professional business and it's doing the right thing. Now, that's securing a group of people, some land, that we're going to produce animals on. Now, contrast that with somebody whose only source of getting animal products is via the supermarket. Okay, you can see a difference in the risk and the way that would happen. So, yes, I agree and I with and and see the the writing on the wall for where some of the, some of these international organisations want to take us. But I think we've also, if we can see it, we've got an opportunity to do something. and and actively do something now this is my mine is just one example you know you've got the podcast another example there are other people out there doing these things but if we can all as a community do something that is taking a step to stop that from happening or make it harder then that's how I think we win that's how I think we turn the tide that's how we protect ourselves and our families and that we'll all have access to the things that we think we need so as I said it's uh it's so hard to. It's very easy to um, to just want to whinge and bitch about it. Yeah. And and yes, part of that is is what is part of the process of going through all this. Um, but I think that you know maybe if you know the more of this kind of stuff that happens and more of these active steps that we take to say no is is really good. Um, you know, one of the you know obviously the mass formation psychosis has been a a topic of, of late. And uh, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was the dark horse podcast and they were great podcast. Uh, yeah. Great. It's one of the best. I can't not listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. The, they had a, an excerpt from the, um, from the book. I think it was a Spanish version of the, of the book. But anyway, the, 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 the basis was, well, what do you do? Like, you know, when this cycle mass formation is happening, how do you get in the way? What do you got to do? You know, and their response was, "You've just got to say something." So, if you're at a barbecue or you're anywhere with somebody and they're they're parroting this this rubbish, then it's up to somebody like us to say no. Even if you just say no, that's bullshit, and you don't say any more, mm. but you've made it clear to them, I think that's bullshit. Then whoever's listening and them will. It's just it's it's some it's an interaction that says, "Well, hold on, something's not right there," and, yeah. and maybe some there's an opportunity spark. to. Yeah. Maybe there's an opportunity at that moment to to delve further into it. Maybe there's not. Maybe all you need to do is it's call bullshit at that time. And it might take them three or four months, but they might ruminate on that for a while and then go, I wonder why they said that to me. So, you yeah, know, that was that was I think that was Matthias Desmet's um uh recommendation. Like, what do you do? How do you what's the little thing that you can do, even if the only thing you can do is just call bullshit?
1: I love that. And I think People people need to do that more. People need to say no. People need to um, – it also gets into understanding yourself, being comfortable in what you've researched, what you know, what your body's telling you and have the strength to, to you know, give the opposite point of view. Um, this is – something something that completely baffles me especially with this particular topic is that for example um i there's a guy called Raf Fernandez he runs Belliachi. runs a, um he's in a farm now um it's another content creator sort of in this space we we were at a barbecue together um speaking to some other people and just the discussion of milk he's like yeah uh, i have straight fresh milk from a cow. The other people were just so blown away from that. They just couldn't possibly believe that you can survive um, out of that. There's a guy called, um, that does uh, raw experiment is on Instagram. He just eats raw food. Which for me, even myself, he, he's eating a raw chicken, and I'm like, mate, that's that's a bit that's a bit wild. Like that's my hardcore. my mind can't comprehend that. Like I just see, my mind just sees Sam, salmonella when he's eating it. But you know, he's done this experiment for uh, nearly 200 days now, where he just just eats raw um, everything, a, a tongue, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. He eats. it. He hasn't died, um, which is uh, like. It just clearly shows that there are things that you know we've been lied to and there's also does show that clear mass psychosis where we're at a barbecue a person's telling you a, a like personal experience that they've had that they continuously do yet the other mind just rejects it due to what, indoctrination?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's part of it. I, and, you know, the other thing is this whole thing about do I want to live a good life or a safe life? Yeah. And a good life would be I'm giving that raw milk a crack. I'll do all these things. And whilst a raw chicken might be a little bit hardcore for me, yeah. um, I'll give all that stuff a crack, right, because I want to have a good life. If you want to have a perfectly safe life, that's so where I think, you know, you go down that track of thinking you're going to die by having raw milk or, or not take any risks and then fall into line, Now, whether that's part of the formation, whether that's indoctrination, you know, I think it's it's part of the bigger picture. But our, our kind of complete adoration for safety is, I think, a big part of the problem because you know, there's so many things that aren't safe that we do, that we deem as safe, yet there are things that we deem as unsafe that are completely safe that we won't touch. And and there's a real confusion around that. And, you know, going back to what you said, even just at the beginning of that about um, understanding yourself, yeah. uh, there's you know, I, I I briefly listened to one of your prior podcasts, that was around the Christianity and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. For me, I think it's as simple as where do you seek your approval? Where do you seek your um, yeah. your inner peace? Do you seek it externally from somebody else? Is it always a requirement for somebody else to provide that that peace, that security, that safety, that um, recognition of being a good person? Does that come externally? Or do you find that internally? Now, it doesn't matter what religion. It doesn't matter whether you're not religious at all, whether it's all to do with spiritual spirituality and all these other things. The common thread for all of that, for me, for all of those kind of the spiritual side of life, encompassing all of those things, including religion, et cetera, is the turning inward for your own kind of peace. And from there outwards, you find out who you are. And and from there, you, um, you know, you express yourself as the person you want to be, which I think is the person that wants to have the good life. Yeah is less concerned about safety, is less concerned about what others think, and hence you end up on a path doing things that kind of other people think you're crazy for doing, which I've heard that many times in my life. So, you know, this is where it all gets wrapped up together and it's it's not, you know, it's it's multifaceted, it's not one issue, but you, you know, you start piling on all the issues that we've been talking through across this conversation
1: yeah.
0: and all of a sudden if you if you're on the wrong side of the ledger the way we view it, for every one of those items, you can imagine how highly strung somebody would be. Um, and it's hard to break that.
1: Just on that point, do you subscribe to any philosophy? Is there, um, um, or are you a religious person? Is there um, philosophers that you appreciate that you've gotten a lot out of um, just in terms of philosophy itself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um- Look, for me, it's a journey that probably only started in the last five years, so it's not as if it's a lifelong thing. Um, you know, I'm officially Catholic and was uh, was baptised and all those things, but I never went to church and I never never really did anything religious. Um, and, you know, it was that typical probably, you know, Aussie that maybe our grandparents were, you know, more religious and Catholic, and it, they passed down the uh, the official ceremonies to us, but we never really led led a life of any spirituality, right? That's probably mm-hmm. most Aussies, I reckon, and also uh, for me was my life up until maybe five or six years ago. For me, look, I don't ascribe to you know the, a direct religion as such. My the way that I look at it is, um, uh, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to put into words sometimes, but is around uh, how you, my, my favourite book is a book called The Mustard Seed. I don't know if you've heard that one. I have. I haven't read it. Okay. So it's it's referred to as the Gospel of Thomas, which is uh, the part of the texts that were found in 1945 in Egypt that mm-hmm. supposedly have you know, sayings of Jesus, right? So that's the basis of this book. And it's written by uh, an Indian mystic. And it's his interpretation of those things, of those sayings, and he he kind of articulates those sayings into a way that crosses all religions as well as no religions. And and it's about that journey inwards to yourself and and to spirituality. And through that book and a few other things that I've read, rather it's not to me for me I don't feel a direct affinity with uh, a, a religion, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but it but it's definitely a. a a spiritual thing and i it's very hard to to describe i probably never really tried to say it out loud so uh, it may may sound a bit uh wishy-washy but um you know definitely i think all of the of the religions and the spiritual practice is founded in the same source is what i believe um and that those uh those teachings are absolutely attempted to be buried and covered up and that i think there's a lot to be learned from all of the religions and all of the uh, ancient practices. Um, I've just finished reading a book called The Kabbalion. Have you yes. heard of that one? Yeah. That's a really amazing little read. It's only a thin little book, but a heck of a read. So that kind of uh, way of thinking is is where I'm at at the moment. And, uh, you know, if it teaches, no matter which way you go, now it could be um, a more strict Christian viewpoint or any of the other religions. I think it's it's how you, um, it's your way of interpreting that message and then what do you do as a result of it? Because yeah. clearly, like the Catholic Church, everybody's quite aware of the issues of the Catholic Church and how they, you know, tried to put the source of, um, of, of your kind of happiness in their hands. And so therefore you could never take it into your own hands, right? But the true version of a Christianity would be that it is inside your own hands and your own heart and for you to, to figure it out. So if whatever you do under any of those kind of teachings is to go inwards, to be really confident in yourself, so that other you're unwavering to other people's kind of judgment, and from there you come out expressing yourself. However you do that, humanity would change overnight if everybody did that. That's that it would solve everything. It's not going to happen, but that's the way that I, I think it's that simple. If we all viewed life in that manner.
1: Yeah, and and um, yeah, I agree, Matt. What were you uh, doing before ancestral nutrition? Were you in the nutrition space? Um, how did you? I know. I know you discuss how you how you stumbled upon it um, and developed it. But what were you doing before?
0: So I've been. I'm actually an accountant, a chartered accountant. So uh, you know, quite yeah. different to to this. Um, I've been doing that for a while. And, and prior to that, I was in the actually in the police in New South Wales police. So right. it's actually where I met my wife. So we're both police officers down in Sydney and. We, uh, we left when our first son was born.
1: Um, oh, she we, was a police officer as well?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Gotcha. We, uh, we met working on the truck. Amazing. I remember going to a domestic violence job, you know, me and her and the first time we met. So, oh, yeah, vivid memories. So that's sort of, you know, about 20 years ago now. So Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and look, as far as life experiences go, it's it's taught me a lot. You know, even I was only in the job for three or four years. My wife was a little bit longer. Um and you know, obviously the police are copying a, a bit of a rap at the moment yeah. with the way things are going and and rightly so. Um, I think because we're in this really weird position where people just follow orders. Um and look, I, I the, my time in the police was was so enjoyable. I was young at the time, you know, I'm 19 when I came out of the academy. But um great fun, great life experiences. Um could I do it now? Not a chance in hell. Mm. And uh, yeah, so then did the retraining and and uh, been an accountant officially for a number of years, and uh, which has given me again lots of life skills. I've seen lots of businesses, and, and I've, so I've seen behind the curtains of a lot of different businesses. Um, and through uh, you know my current business partners here, you know we've got uh, a lot of experience in, in some health space. And uh, together as a team, we're we're you know bringing together different skill sets that really help us achieve things that you could never do on your own.
1: Yeah, and I, I can see that. I can see um, the business accretions coming through when I when I look at the site. When I look at how smooth everything is, um, you can see that. And yeah, officers are getting a bit of a rap at the moment. Like at the academy, we've got uh, detectives that are we train with in our. Um, we got our normal classes, and then we got these these other classes, which are more comp-based classes, and um, they're they're in there amazing, amazing guys, and they've said the same thing. There's there's also a division that's um, occurred uh, within the force, um, and you know I, I've stopped blaming anyone for for much. To me, I've always um yeah I've always said it's it's all about each individual um and each internal item uh that they can assess of themselves to bring out into the world um, it's a bit of a jordan peterson philosophy of clean your room and then go and try and clean the world rather than doing it the opposite way around and building communities another another big thing um, so that farm that you're building out there that vision it's it's I feel that's one incredibly important and I've pushed that message a lot to build that community. We, um, anyone that listens to the podcast can go to Gracie at Tarman, um and train for free. Um, but one of those having that sanctuary that people can go to feel safe, um, feel that they will get given honest information um, and they will meet new people uh, is, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And, yeah, I commend you for that. Um, and you know, trying to expand things and expand things uh community-based. Do you guys do events at Ancestral Nutrition?
0: Uh we were going to. That was all on the cards and then COVID threw yeah. the spanner in the work. So so and firstly, thank mm-hmm. you for the words you just said about the business. That's uh, very much appreciated. Um the we had plans to do some stuff in WA. We were we were really were going to uh you know hit the Huskings, as they say, and then borders closed and and so it's kind of you know put had put a stifling on all of that, and we just never kicked off some of those, but it's definitely on our radar. We've got the skill set for presentations and uh, you know, it's something that we absolutely want and are planning to do, but it's a case of you know working out when, where, how, what, and all those sort of things. So, um, yeah, watch this space. I, w- I would expect and hope that we'll be actively participating. But as you were just saying, you know, community is the most important thing. Community is the way that I think we overcome all of the shenanigans. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody has said this a million times. It's not my thoughts, but, you know, social media is designed to make you feel like you got a lot of friends, but you got nobody. Um, and so you're really just isolated to become an individual person seeking that external kind of satisfaction or, sorry, yeah. a, a external approval. Yeah. Um, whereas the moment you get a community together, all of those things break down, all of those narratives fall apart and people operate, you know, from that kindness. And so you're right, community is the only way for for us to save ourselves, if you like.
1: And, Matt, where can um – where can people go to to you're across how many stores in new south wales around 45 or something is that right
0: yeah look I at last count it, i haven't looked at it recently but yeah look we're um we are definitely well covered across the eastern seaboard um we have just picked up a distributor that's going to help us further with south australia northern territory and wa so um that's really exciting for us because Actually, have, we have a lot of WA customers, which is uh, fantastic. So there's a, a big drive for you know organs over there. So um, hopefully, we'll be in a lot more stores in those places shortly. Um, but as far as you know where to go and things like that, we, we've got uh, on our on our little whiteboard of planning a uh, little community that we want to build because the information that people have got is just so confusing. So to be able to try and just you know, bring things together, keep it simple. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that we uh, are looking to develop, and uh, we haven't haven't kicked it off yet, is something as simple as an app for when you go shopping that identifies things full of seed oil that you don't know about. So, look, it's it's nothing too fancy, but you, you know, you look at uh, any of those fitness apps where you can log your food, right? Yeah. We want it to be as simple as a traffic light system that they can look up the food, so they go there and they. If they don't understand why that um, packet of potato chips is on the is a is a red light, you know, we'll tell them why. But the the concept of just being able to go to the shops and have a traffic light system. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can have this one as much as you like. Be careful with that one. Don't overdo it. Or these are a red light. No, is something we want to build as part of our little community basis, so that we can help spread that message and people can, you know, make little improvements because if they, you know, if we cut out the seed oil, we cut out the processed foods, we get rid of, you know, that rubbish sugar, replace that with nutrient-dense food. So replace empty calories with nutrient-full calories. That's a pretty significant shift that we think we can make in the world and, you know, hopefully we'll get this little app developed um, as a little traffic light system so that people who, because that's the, the most common question we get is, can I have this? Can I have that? Why can't I have this? And so we, that would be a really you know, simple way for us to to do that. So, watch this space on something like that.
1: Mate, I I love that because. Do you think those five star things are bullshit, or what are you? What's your yeah. thoughts on them? Is that is that the the thoughts Not behind really, creating yeah. it all? or What do you reckon?
0: Look, I, I for me, um, the five star or the star rating system is no different to the the health the heart tick. It's no different to um, organic certification, it's its a body that collects money to do something and, you know, all those sort of things. And I think with the star rating, it might be slightly different because it's more about, you know, get your scoring and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, you know, if you ascribe to the viewpoint that we do for, for food and nutrition, then that star system is, is inverted. It's the wrong way around. And so, you know, it's completely driven by vested interest, clearly, um, and so, therefore, you're never going to get right information. You know, to, to be able to pull off a, a sugary breakfast cereal and say that when you pour milk on it, it gets five stars, <laughs> <It's> a-
1: <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, blow, it blows, blows my mind, mate. You just said something that's uh, um, quite big, uh, organic certification is bullshit. Elaborate. <laughs>
0: No, it's probably not to say that it's bullshit. That's probably not the right way to 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 put it. What it is is that you know, obviously, organic is super important. You know, we know, like we're sourcing organic stuff. That's yeah. that's a, a no uh, non-negotiable for us. But as far as having the tick on the bottle, it's it's that part of it that I think is is the bit that um maybe that part's the bit you could call a bit of bullshit because you know. It, you're paying licensing fees to put a tick on your on your label and say say something, right? Mm. Now, the reason I say that is because I can give you um, some type of deep fried product that is organic. It's not healthy. It doesn't mean anything, mm. right? So, yeah. a certification in its own right to me doesn't doesn't necessarily tell the full story. Um, and so, therefore, if you can pay to get something that consumer doesn't understand right they say they see this certified organic deep fried something or other there's an there's a connotation that there's something healthy about it because it's certified organic Mm. now maybe it's not a deep fried product maybe it's something else that's still highly processed but meets the definition or certification for organic i think there's a confusion there so a customer goes i'm fine to have that it's organic Mm. when if it's highly inflammatory food i don't care if it's organic or not or yeah, so that's that's my reasoning for, for the comment that I made around the certification side of some of those things.
1: Gotcha. And something something that I've noticed Matt, is that you've got your um, primal energy, uh, which is your 100% beef liver, and yep. you've got also a female product, but you've taken out some of the beef liver and you've added a bit of um, heart, I believe. Well, what's the decision behind that?
0: So um, the reason that we're, so this is, this one you're talking about there. So that's the women's one. So it's the nice little white label one there. Yep. So that one is 70% liver and then 15% kidney and heart. Yep. So the reason that we've formulated in that manner is because obviously liver, liver is the, is the king, um, but there's a few extra things that you get in the heart and the kidney um, selenium, CoQ10, et cetera, that are important. Um, and so We've found that, you know, from the female perspective, um, rather than buying multiple products and combining and doing that sort of stuff, their preference is for a, a product that has it already pre-formulated, if you like. So that's the the easiest way to explain it. So, yeah, you're right, the the, the multi has the same organs in them, but it's just the, the ratio of what they're putting together in order to make it as, as simple as possible so that, you know, if you're a busy person and all those sort of things, you just, you just want to be able to, I just need the one that's right and I just want to take it. That's the one. Okay. Whereas what we've found is with the guys, guys like to mix and match and invent their own stuff. So they're more than willing to buy 20 different products from, you know, all sorts of different brands. Like we get photos, I get them from my mates, right? They send me their stack, right? And I think that's more of a guy thing, right? They, they've got their supplement stack you know it could have zinks in it and what have you right so it's it's it, it's it's more around that that thinking because the uh the guys have said they like to um kind of put their creative touch to what they're doing with themselves um whereas with the women we're saying no this is the optimum one if you just choose one this is the one that's best suited it's going to give you most bang for your buck and that's the way we've arranged it
1: and when it comes to so my my missus at the minute is um is pregnant, so she's due in September. Congratulations! Um, thank you, mate. Um, is it your
0: first or not?
1: This is my first. So nice. It's yeah. It's it's. I'm excited. Super excited. Um, when it comes when it comes to um, female and um, pregnancy and even even before pregnancy, um, Ill- irregularities in um, periods. Vitamin B's been an amazing source to assist in that, but. When it comes to pregnancy and pregnant women, can they take these supplements?
0: Absolutely, and one of one of our sort of uh, leading wholesale customers is actually a fertility specialist. Um, so right. basically, the the thing with you know liver in particular, okay, so it's not just the B vitamins, but in particular vitamin A uh, is a really important precursor to a lot of the sex hormones and hormones in the body. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we have quite a lot of testimonials, both you know officially and anecdotally, that come through through friends and other people. That it, for women that are taking uh, the organs, that they go from having irregular cycles to and then you know, irregular cycles, mood swings, pain, cramps, etc., yeah. through to regular cycles, um, normal bleeding, those sort of things, and also a more level uh, hormonal response. Mm-hmm. And that we find that is a really common thing that we're getting at the moment. Now, the reason I say that and then leading into pregnancy is because if we look at the, those raw ingredients, those vitamins and minerals that allow the body to do the things that it needs to do, then there's no more important time in a woman's life than obviously as they're getting ready to menstruate because the body's getting ready to get pregnant or if they're pregnant and, you know, giving nutrition to their baby. So <clears throat> absolutely, um, whilst we always say that, uh women should check with their medical specialists only on the basis that if there's something that is unique to them yeah. that we can never know about. Right. So there's something for them that might be, make things a little bit different. And so always check with them first, but if there's no issues there, then absolutely, you know, the organs are, are critical um, and, you know, help in the process as opposed to hinder.
1: Love that. Um, yeah. I'm going to, load my missus up with it no uh, she was a vegetarian and um i've gotten i've gotten her to we used to go to dinner and we'd order like a uh, uh you know it's just normal meals and uh i'd grab all her um meat and she'd she'd just um yeah eat all the vegetables but i took her to a brazilian restaurant once and it's it's all you can eat so (laughs) i think that's that's changed her mind so and she's yeah she's now all about the organs which yeah i've been pushing i've been recommending throughout the brazilian jiu-jitsu community as well i've been um pushing it where i can everyone everyone is pretty much knows um yeah this is my diet field that i push a lot so i yeah i commend you for the business is there anything um that's coming up that you want uh them to know about uh after the factory what what happens then will there be more distribution uh what does that mean uh for the business itself
0: yeah look uh, as far as um yeah, things coming up i think it's it's uh we do have uh some feelers out to get one more additional product i can't really say what it is just yet because it's uh it's a bit early but we are Give us, have- scoop,
1: give, give us a scoop, Matt. Give us a scoop. What's a what's?
0: Scoop. Give us a little a little hint, maybe. Uh, what can I say? Um, it might be related to bones. Put it that way.
1: Okay. But, um,
0: yeah. Look, hoping to get another product. We're we're trying to. Uh, one of the biggest issues at the moment, it's COVID related, is that uh, a lot of the processing facilities haven't got the, the manpower to get organs, as yeah. in the, the smaller organs. Mm and so you know getting hold of certain things has been more difficult so we've we've had this in the works for a little while um and we we're edging closer so yeah i would hope that you know in the next sort of few months we might be able to announce that more officially but um so yeah so there is something in the works hopefully sooner rather than later but there's, there's so many com- supplier constraints at the moment that yeah. some of that's out of our hands but um yeah so that's probably the that's your little scoop but um <laughs> the uh what was the other question it was
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> there and so that one that's coming up uh the plant um so that's that's the future item that's coming up oh, yeah. uh, the the production uh yeah, how the plant assists and on that end of things and just actually also just to add on as we finish off for um business individuals we we do have a lot of um, people that listen that have either look to start businesses or have created small communities um, during this time and um, just some advice for them as well uh, to finish off. That would be fantastic, mate.
0: So I'll throw my accounting hat on there for you. Um, <laughs> the, look, my advice is that it's it's all about empowerment. Um, I, the, I can tell you from my years of experience that the biggest impediment to people uh, looking to start their own thing so that they can have the best idea the best people around them, everything's ready to go. But it's, the, it's their literacy around how business operates that gets in the way. And, and it's not their fault because I, I think it's an active thing that's being uh, taken away from kids' education, which is how how we operate in the business community. Simple things like structure, what does it mean? Taxes and GST, how, what, why, when. When you're talking to the bank. What's the kind what are the things you've got to say? How do you get the finance? All those things, right? They're all packaged up that are the kind of the financial literacy, if you like, of of being able to operate a business successfully. And that could be the make or break with whether whether this fledgling idea, no matter how good it is, happens or not. So for me, it's all around um just that little bit of education for themselves to fully empower themselves so that there's no roadblocks when it comes to these things. Because if you get all those. Uh, ducks in a row when it comes to, uh, as I said, structure and setup and and taxes and all those things all tightly bound, then everything else is easy, right? You can just leverage off it. Every time you go to do something you haven't got that sorted, it becomes a roadblock. So, um, you know, if there's people within the communities that you know that have that skill set, leverage it big time, like really make sure you know that back to front. And when you do, it's very empowering. And any business owners that I see that take that step to empower themselves in that area are dramatically more successful. So that'd be my little, you know, recommendation um, that really makes a huge difference.
1: I love that and appreciate that. Thank you for it. Um, And lastly, you can go to um, Ancestral. Can you Actually, we don't we don't currently have it in our store. So, when you go to Ancestral Nutrition, go Diogo Ten. I think you get a discount there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we we'll, we we'll can hopefully you,
0: you can throw a throw a little link in the bottom, perhaps.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything will be in the description, and um, all details um of the product of the business of all your socials will be there too. Um, yeah, and. Maybe we'll get it in stock uh, within the store in future. But, Matt, thank you so much, mate. Um, it's been, yeah, uh, like a breath of knowledge, uh, especially in this space. So thank you so much for your time. Um, hopefully have you in studio when you're in Sydney in future, but really appreciate the time, mate.
0: Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, look, I, you know, the one little thing that I can do is just spread the knowledge that I've gained over these years, over the different fields, and that helps us in this community to to take the little steps that protect us, then that's, that's the little bit that I can do.
1: Love that. Thank you, mate. Appreciate you.
0: Cheers, mate. Thank you.